I'm Pastor Daniel Morris, and you're listening to Sharing the Bread of Life, a podcast by St. Timothy's Lutheran Church in Skokie, Illinois. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular subscriber, I pray that Christ feeds you from the stories and testimony you'll hear today. We do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. May the Lord fill you with every good thing, and may you have enough left over to share. The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, What should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich towards God. The Gospel of the Lord. The word greed often conjures up the image of someone with a Scrooge-like fetish for money, counting gold in a closed room surrounded by their earthly possessions. This caricature has become a staple of Christmas specials. Our image of greed has taken on such mythological proportions that we often fail to recognize greed lurking in the shadows of our own thoughts, feelings, and desires. So when a man came to Jesus saying, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. I was surprised that Jesus turned the discussion towards moral failure. Before we look at the moral implications of this story, let's take a minute to rehumanize the two greedy brothers. The one who came to Jesus obviously felt that his brother had violated the Torah's teachings about inheritance when he kept the whole estate for himself. It seems like the other brother must have been close enough that Jesus could have told him to give to divide the inheritance and share it with his brother. Aside from this implication, the other brother is strangely absent from this story. We can only guess at why the other brother refused to divide the inheritance. Perhaps he had gone to great personal expense in caring for their father, and he saw his brother's share as just compensation. Perhaps his sibling resembled the prodigal son from another parable and was untrustworthy with money. 
Perhaps the father had disinherited his brother, or perhaps he truly feared for his survival and felt that there just simply wasn't enough to share. Whatever the case, the other brother must have had good reason to hold on to the entire inheritance. I suppose that each brother must have seen the other one as greedy. Greedy for demanding a share in someone else's inheritance. Greedy for hogging the entire estate. Clearly, they were getting nowhere. So the one brother tried to involve Jesus in their dispute. Teacher, side with me, he said. Tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. Show him the evil of his greedy ways. The dispute was tearing the family apart. The basic argument between these two brothers continues to play out in our court systems today in one form or another. The New York Times recently told the story of Kate, a young, soon-to-be mother of three, who sued her aunts for an inheritance that she felt was rightfully hers. Kate was close with her grandmother. They spoke on the phone regularly before her grandmother's dementia made it impossible. And she visited her grandmother twice a year, even though she lived several states away. Kate's father died while she was working on her undergraduate degree, and her grandmother's will specified that her granddaughters should receive their father's share of the inheritance. But when she died, Kate and her sisters received nothing. It turns out that her grandmother changed the will a week before she died from Alzheimer's. She disinherited Kate and her sisters so she could reciprocate the care that her four daughters had provided for her while she suffered with dementia. Even though Kate's aunts insisted that her grandmother was of sound mind when she changed the will, they had her tested, Kate still felt something was wrong. Soon the accusations began to fly. Kate accused her aunts of withholding her birthright from her, and her aunts accused Kate of being greedy. Without her father to defend her, Kate felt that she had no other choice than to take her aunts to court. The lawsuit that followed was painful for everyone, and the court decided in Kate's favor. Kate and her sisters received their late father's inheritance from her grandmother, but the relationships with their father's side of the family were damaged beyond repair. I imagine that Jesus anticipated a similar outcome between these two brothers when he was suddenly dragged into their inheritance fights. He refused to issue a ruling, saying, Friend, who set me to be judge and arbitrator over you? Then he reframed their dispute using a parable. One year, a wealthy landowner had a bumper crop. His sudden good fortune maxed out his storage space, leaving him with an obscene amount of excess grain and a difficult decision. After considering the matter, 
he decided to tear down his barns and build bigger ones. He would satisfy the desire of his soul, living out the rest of his days in luxury. In a twist of fortune, he would die that very night. God dubbed the rich landowner a fool and almost mockingly asked, The things that you have prepared, whose will they be? The rich man would not be able to enjoy the good life that life and that fortune and hard work had given him. His next of kin would feast on the fruits of his labor. Jesus' parable throws the brothers' inheritance fight into stark contrast with the kingdom of God. Health, wealth, and prosperity are fickle things, but God's kingdom is eternal. The brother who builds his life on the former will ultimately lose it. But the brother who builds his life on the latter will enjoy it forever. Is amassing earthly inheritance really worth the cost? Is this really the altar that they want to sacrifice their relationship on? Reframed like this, Perhaps the two brothers could come to a mutual understanding that blessed them both. Sadly, many people do not take the proper precautions to prevent inheritance fights among their beneficiaries. In a 2017 AARP article, Michigan Estate Attorney P. Mark Achatura provided tips for ending inheritance fights before they start. For example... Go over your estate plan with your beneficiaries so there are no surprises. Keep things fair and equal. Name your executor and have, it, have a logical reason for choosing that individual. Make your wishes detailed and clear regarding how the estate is to be handled. Create a plan for heirloom items. Steps like these are part of faithfully caring for our resources and our loved ones. Our thoughtful preparations can continue to bless and to minister even when we ourselves are no longer around to do so. Perhaps even more importantly, God calls us to take good care of our resources throughout our lives. We have been given a share in God's kingdom, our inheritance through Christ. The kingdom is eternal, and it sets our priorities for everything else. Our treasure cannot help but be where our heart is. If we truly love God, we will also love our neighbor. In ancient Israel, the first fruits of each and every harvest along with the tithes, were offered to God before they were distributed among those in need. These grain offerings were intentionally set aside for the care of the priestly tribe, also known as the Levites, the widows, the orphans, and the foreigners living among them. Our possessions become an expression of our faith when the kingdom is at the center of our lives. 
How might God be calling us to express our faith today? First fruits and tithing in Israel were ultimately about gratitude. Gratitude is the opposite of greed. The ancient Israelites used their gifts to thank God for their salvation from Egypt. They used their gifts to thank God for the abundance of the land. And their gratitude became a blessing for the most vulnerable among them. I wonder how gratitude and generosity might become regular spiritual practices for us. I also wonder how such spiritual practices might reframe arguments like the one between Kate and her aunts. We have much to be thankful for in Christ. The kingdom is our inheritance, and we will not be dispossessed. Let us give thanks to the Lord, who has blessed us with so many good gifts. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Sharing the Bread of Life. For more information on the mission and ministries of St. Timothy's Lutheran Church, please visit our website at www.stTimothyskokie.org or like us on Facebook. Check back next week for a new episode. The blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and always.